Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast and become a Coast Insider and you can hear all of this fascinating conversation along with recent shows about weather modification, couples with a past life connection, and a young child's amazing story of reincarnation. Head on over to coasttocoastam.com and sign up for Coast Insider to start listening. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Ariel Ford is a leading personality in the personal growth, contemporary spirituality movement. She has spent the past 30-plus years living and promoting consciousness through all forms of media. She's been called the Cupid of consciousness and the fairy godmother of love. Welcome back to Coast to Coast, Ariel Ford. Oh, hey, George. How are you? I'm fine. What do you mean you spent the past 30 years doing this? That would have made you uh, two years old at the time when you started. I have good genes. I actually turned 64 recently, so I am not so young anymore. You don't look it, nor do you sound it. Congratulations to you. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, once you figure out how to do life, it can be a lot of fun. It sure can. And that brings up a question, because you have on your website something about misery. Yes. And, and that caught our eye. And uh, Donna said, George, you got to see this. And uh, I went to look at it. And we're going to get into the latest work you did, Inks, uh, Inspirations. I'm not saying inspirations, folks. It's Inspirations. We'll talk about that later on. But why are so many people, Ariel, so miserable right now? Oh, you know, it's a really stressful time on the planet. And, you know, if you talk to the astrologers, whether they're Western or Vedic, they can tell you the planetary alignment that's causing all the disruption. But if you just look at how stressed out we all are, you know, we've got work and kids and aging parents and, you know, a government in chaos, which is, you know, now we have a world in chaos. And, People are running here and there, and they're not taking care of themselves. The level of self-care is declining rapidly, and what we need to do is really give ourselves a break. We need to take some time to do what I like to call being pleasure pigs. And (laughs) here's what being a pleasure pig is. So for women, uh, when they get really stressed out, what happens is they've used up all the oxytocin in their brain. So oxytocin is the bonding hormone, or it's called the superglue of love. You sound like our buddy John Gray. Well, John Gray is my buddy, too. Where do you think I learned all this? As a matter of fact, he sent me an email tonight about you. Oh, he did? Oh, he's just amazing. So, yeah, so so what happens is you've got to rebuild your oxytocin, at least women do, and the fastest way to do it is by giving yourself pleasure. And it's so easy to do. My favorite way to do it is by coloring, which is why I just wrote this coloring book called Love by Design. But the other ways that you can do it, especially for women, is like getting a manicure, a pedicure, getting your hair done, going shopping. You oh, don't even have to buy shopping, anything. huh? You just have to look and feel and taste and touch, go laughing with your friends, take a bubble bath. But if you make pleasure your priority every day, you can reduce the stress and be a whole lot happier. I've got a buddy in St. Louis, Ariel, who every time he gets depressed about something, he has to go and buy clothes. He has 55 pairs of black shoes. They're all the same. He's got nine black suits. He's got six blue suits. He's got seven gray suits. 
they're all the same. But it makes him happy. Well, you know, that's what you got to figure out. You know, we were talking about how women need oxytocin to, to have pleasure and not get stressed out. The, the difference for men is that when you guys get stressed out, you have to rebuild testosterone. And so one of the fastest ways for guys to do that is to, you know, get their favorite alcoholic beverage, sit in front of the TV and watch sports. Or another fast way to do it is to chop wood. So for any of the women that are listening out there, if your guy's stressed out, hand him the remote control, give him a beer, let him watch some sports, and he'll be all yours in an hour or two. I'd rather take a supplement. Like what? Anything. <laughs> tequila? <laughs> no, not tequila. No, not at all. But, but I, I, I am noticing people are more uptight lately than ever before. When we take calls next hour, I'm going to ask people, beyond just asking you questions, to talk about specific stories that they've seen people uptight. I see it in the shopping centers. I see it on the road. Road rage is at an epidemic level. I mean, there's there's something else going on here, Ariel. Something well, you know, I can't figure out. Here's my theory about it. You know, in in the unified field, right, we're all connected to everything and everybody. Yes. You know, we're not alone here. So when, you know, when you're surrounded by people who are stressed out, not only are you dealing with your own personal stress and the cause of that stress, you're now picking up the frequency of other people's stress, which is stressing you out even more. So what we have going on here is kind of a collected nervous breakdown. We're all impacting each other on the unseen plane, and we all have what Deepak Chopra would call jittery platelets. Right, or yeah. if, if you know any Yiddish, you'd know that we've got chronic spilkies, huh. which is Yiddish for ants in your pants. Right, so we're we're all just kind of a mess, and we're hanging around with people that are kind of a mess. And it, there couldn't be a more important time to figure out, you know, how can I take some time to be really loving and kind and gentle with myself, to practice a little mindfulness. Maybe even meditate. You know, the way, the way I meditate best is to take a bubble bath. I take at least one bath a day, if not two. Because when I find when I'm immersed in warm water, it's like being back in the womb. I can calm down and let go and, and just feel sort of warm and cozy. But it takes a conscious effort. Nobody's going to do it for you. What does schlebiel mean in Jewish? Because Dean Martin used to call himself that uh, on stage sometimes. You know, I think it's something like being a slob. <laughs> <laughs> a schlemiel is like a schlob. I know. Uh, I don't know what. Well, maybe we maybe can... our Jewish friends will call in when we take calls next yeah, hour and maybe, tell me what yeah, that I mean, means. Uh, yeah, he I would. Can... He would go when he did his Rat Pack thing. He'd be on stage and he'd sing a song and throw that in there every once in a while. Uh, Hopefully someone will set us straight if that's not what it means. All right. Okay. So back to misery. So what are the techniques that people can use to kind of make themselves happier? Um, well, here's what I do. When I get really miserable, rather than try and ignore and, it... And do you get miserable? Oh, not often, but I used to. I used to live in an ongoing state of misery. In fact, that's the blog that you saw on my website which was, what's your misery set point? Because when I was in my mid-20s, I was severely depressed. I was having suicidal thoughts. No. A total, yeah, it was a total basket case. I was seeing a shrink, and one day the shrink said something 
unbelievably dreadful to me. She said, I don't think you're depressed enough. And at that point, I couldn't possibly be imagine being more depressed than I already was. But I decided that, well, maybe I should see if I could make myself even more depressed. Like, how low could I go? And I realized I'd been afraid to actually fully experience the depth of my misery. So that's exactly what I did. I sort of dove down into the rabbit hole to see if I could survive my own you know, crazy misery. And I did. But when I hit the bottom, what I realized was that I was focusing on the wrong thing. I kept looking for the magic bullet to fix my depression. And I realized that that wasn't working. What I needed to do was study happy people. Now, this is a long time ago. This is, we're talking about the 70s, like the mid-70s. So there was no internet. You know, we had bound books called encyclopedias if we wanted to do research. And people would try to sell them in your house. of course. Remember that? Along with hairbrushes. And vacuums. (laughs) Right, vacuum cleaners, (laughs) right. So I decided that I would study the happiest people that I knew. I wanted to, and I would read books about happy people, and I would try to figure out what do they know that I don't know. And in the course of this study, I learned that there were a couple of factors. One is that happiness is a choice, that you can choose to be happy, even if it's just momentary. So I may not be happy for 24 hours, but I could look and see where can I find happiness in this moment. And I also learned that gratitude was a source of happiness. Like, even if it looked like my life was falling apart, which in my mind it was, I couldn't, I was having a hard time finding the good. The truth was, you know, I, I could be grateful that I lived in a place where there was clean water and fresh air and I never missed a meal. And that even though I was miserable, there were people that loved me. And could I be grateful for the fact that I had people that loved me? So it became sort of my mission in life to understand and become a happy person. And today I describe myself as psychotically optimistic. (laughs) I can find the good in any situation. (laughs) Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.